Today on Rightly Dividing, we're going to be talking about alcohol as it regards Christianity. As Christians, can we drink alcohol or should we drink alcohol? Up now on Rightly Dividing. Learning to navigate truth in a world of opinions. Teacher Jacob Leger and your host, Pastor Daniel Wright. Heart of Worship Church Media presents rightly dividing welcome ladies and gentlemen brothers and sisters to rightly dividing podcast learning to navigate truth in a world of opinions i'm pastor daniel and this is jacob leger how's it going guys our teacher today we're going to be talking about alcohol and christianity If you enjoy our content, we would appreciate if you would like, share, and subscribe to this channel as we do our best to bring proper biblical understanding regarding many of the hard topics in pursuit of sound theology. If you haven't watched episode one, we want to highly encourage you to do so as it does describe our foundational principles and mission for this podcast, desiring truth through humility, recognizing that we are not the arbiters of truth, but the word of God is. Mm -hmm. Remember, according to the Bible, God does hate a spirit of debate and we're all seeking to find the truth. So let's agree to disagree if applicable. And with that said, welcome to the next episode of Rightly Dividing. We would like to give a warm welcome and introduction to my beautiful wife, Miranda Wright. Hello. If you follow our YouTube channel uh, and our ministry online, without question, you will be familiar with Miranda Wright. She is instrumental in podcasts and teachings that she posts online. Uh, I've definitely been thankful for her to be able to do those things for us, and God is allowing us to do more online ministry. So talking about the fundamental agreement for the biblically literate, I'm talking about if you're a born-again Christian, you love Jesus, you know the Word of God, let's talk about what we can all agree on within that category. The Bible is unquestionably and objectively and irrefutably clear that drunkenness, keyword drunkenness, is unacceptable as a Christian. People who are dancing on tables half-naked, they are completely smashed, as the young people might call it, right? This is drunkenness. So if you are at a point in your life where you're a Christian, of course, this is what our audience is. We're talking about people who are disciples of Christ. You have to come to terms that the Bible tells us that drunkenness is listed notably among multiple sins of unrighteousness. The Bible tells us it's listed as a sin that will make you, quote, not inherit the kingdom of God. That's Galatians 5, 19 through 21, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, and so much more to list. Now, where the issue is separated, my beautiful wife and Jacob, is the issue of, is some alcohol okay? So if you know the Bible, all drunkenness is a sin. Right. That's irrefutable. It's laid out in scripture. It literally says over and over, no drunkard shall inherit the the kingdom kingdom of of God. God. Right. 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 Isn't it one of the ones that's actually talked about the most throughout scripture too? It is. It is the single most covered sin in all of scripture that talking about you know, why you should avoid this is covered more than any other sin. Right. So, so like I said, to find the basic fundamental agreement, we're talking about drunkenness. Right. So we have to answer the question, is some alcohol okay? Uh, or is there an outright biblical prohibition on it altogether? The short answer is both yes and no. It depends on a few things. One, who you are you, the position of office. Number two, what are you using it for? Three, is it a personal temptation of excess? And four, has God already told you, do not drink alcohol? Whether people know this or not, newsflash, 
our relationship with God is personal. Yes. That's right. When you accept Christ into your heart, you repent of your sins. God knows Jacob Leger as an individual. God knows Daniel Wright as an individual. My wife is an individual. There are different, as some might say, lived experiences, but the Bible is the ultimate truth that applies to everyone. That's right. right. Now, going into that, of those different reasons, we know that the Bible tells us specifically that he who knows what to do and does not do it to him, it says it is sin. That's right. So there's so many different angles we can look at and we want to talk about those things. So yeah, there's a, there's a couple that we're going to talk about. And um, here's a few reasons for the, uh, our applications of the use of alcohol. And one of it was medical. There was times that in the Bible where it says to, to take it for, uh, for topical or ingestible. Like if you had, they would use it to cleanse wounds and all kinds of stuff like right. that. It's right. a great disinfectant. Disinfectant. It's going right. to burn, but it's, it'll do the job. <laughs> right. Or for those who were ready to die, basically using right. it the way we would use morphine now. Right. Exactly. The, um, the next one is uh, for preservation. Uh, fermenting food was a way to preserve the food. They didn't have refrigerators back then. Oh, really? No. No frigidaires? No, no frigidaires. No ice machines. <laughs> Couldn't do it, you know? So right. That's another main reason uh, for a use use case. Uh, recreational is ingesting for any reason. And it's, it's mainly, that's mainly the debate, right? That's really what we're talking about right. in general, but just to cover all the reasons right. for alcohol, right? Exactly. All right, so we know that there were um, things to discuss in scripture, like the medicinal uses or, or the different topics, but we want to really dive into the morality of it um, and look at those issues. So the issues of morality, there are so many scriptures that we could touch on. We're not even going to quote them. We'll give you some references. You can look them up. But the Bible talks about abstaining from anything that can cause a brother to stumble, yes. even if it's not sin at all. If they have a weakness in it, for example, you know, if somebody was an alcoholic, then mm -hmm. you definitely don't want to entice them to drink. You would cause a brother to stumble. Right. right. Um, Romans 14, 13 through 23, 1 Corinthians 8, 8 through 9, 11 through 21, 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 22. Um, did God tell you not to engage in it? You just talked about that a little bit. Right. Um, we can look at that, for example, in the issue of fasting. There are things in scripture that are broad to everybody. Right. Thou shalt not kill. It's a sin for anybody to do it. But then there are things that God might tell you to do specifically. Hey, I want you to fast and do you know bread and water for three days. He has spoken it to you. Therefore, not to do it is rebellion. It is mm -hmm. sin. It's a right. failure. Sin means failure. It's a failure to obey God. But mm -hmm. it's not a sin for your brother to, sure. to eat because he wasn't told that. So if God has specifically told you, or in the example of alcohol, whole classes of people, because the scripture right. very plainly tells certain groups to avoid it mm -hmm. because that it impairs their judgment and they are given charge of judging over people. Exactly. James 4, 17 touches on that topic. If it is lawful, is it expedient? Right. right. Something right. might be okay, but is it a good idea? Exactly. If I'm trying to win a seventh day Adventist to say, receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I'm not going to eat bacon in front of them. Or an Orthodox Jew, for example. Exactly. Right. It's a great example. In fact, talking about bacon, Paul, we're going to talk about that, uh, made mention about the meat offered to idols, was asked him, hey, is it okay? Because can we eat this meat? It's just meat, but it was offered to idols. Ooh, scary. Well, his point was simple, that it, it doesn't make it a sin, but it can also cause someone who sees you to look down upon you and you ruin a reputation when right. you're representing Christ. Exactly. So we have to ask ourselves, 
some of these things that we get so caught up in, like alcohol, it's like, why are we making it such a big deal? You know what I mean? As far as to have to have it, it's like, is it that right. important to you? Right. Because if it causes one person to see Pastor Daniel drink a beer and uh, but turns them into an alcoholic because they used my one beer as an example. Right. Was it worth it? That's that's my biggest thing with it is that right there is people using because you're you are under a microscope as a Christian. Oh, my yeah. goodness. They look at every single aspect of your life. And if they see you take a glass of wine and it's fine and you don't it, that's all you do. But if you're if your kid or your 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 son's friends see you do it, they're like, oh, well, he does it. I can do it. And then he goes out and drinks a fifth and gets completely hammered and dies in a car wreck. Well, that's kind of on would be me in that scenario would be right. on my hands. Right. 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 So, that's where no, just, that's why it. I say to me is I don't do it. Right. For example, in the Old Testament, it did give justification for medicinal uses. Right. And a modern example of that that we can understand is the fact that we all know that cough syrup is loaded with alcohol. It's got some for sure. And nobody <laughs> thinks you're going to hell for taking cough syrup. That's right. So there, right. there is a purpose. In fact, that's right. where the sin of excess comes in when you take something and use it beyond its Correct. purpose. Right. So, for example, I could use alcohol. I could take a shot of whiskey to kill a sore throat. And probably not go to hell for that, yeah. you know. But is it worth having that whiskey in the house? Because we have church kids that spend the weekend with us all the time. They right. spend time here. They open the cabinet and see that and think, ooh, Pastor Daniel and Miranda's drinking. And so that exactly. must mean it's okay. This doesn't look any different than what I see out in the world or at home or whatever the circumstance may be. And so then they think it's okay and start drinking. So it's a very good it's example. Not- I'm in Walmart. I have cough syrup, ladies and gentlemen. People look at Pastor Daniel. Oh, how you doing? All right, uh, I'm going to go get a fifth of whiskey for this cough, mm. right? They look at past, oh my gosh, you you drink, <laughs> right? Good, I want to go out and party, you know? <laughs> right. The cough syrup, they don't bat an eye, right? So right. it's not the alcohol, but it's the perception that you're giving off of people while allowing yourself to uh, indulge right. in something who you, what you think might be okay, but I'm giving license for the other people to do anything else. Right. They'll take that little bit and make a run with I'll it. Run a, a whole mile right. with it. That's why I don't go to the casino. I don't right. park there. You know, it, Burger King's right next to it. I try to not even go to Burger King. <laughs> and I know it sounds stupid. Maybe I'm being lawful or whatever. But in the end, I don't want to give the devil an inch because as we all know, what happens mile. when he does with right. an inch. He'll take a mile. Exactly. Right. So it's really just not even worth it. And I think that remembering in the Old Testament times, it's all they had. They were Right. using it, for example, as a morphine to give peace and comfort for someone suffering as they were dying, dying. Yep. things like that. They were taking it for the stomach, basically as an antibiotic, because if you do drink alcohol, if you have a bacterial infection, it's going to kill it and all. So they were using it for medications. But now we have so much better things for that, that it really doesn't even right. justify right. Um, the perception that might lead somebody else to stumble exactly. or come into an addiction or do things that are bad judge of character or ruin your testimony, yeah. which is probably yeah. the most important. Our technological advances has caused our societies to not need alcohol, fermented alcohol, as much as we as they did back then for right. multiple reasons. No different than I don't use a sundial. I have a watch now. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's right. the same concept. And the last point we want to look at is, does it look like sin? Because we know the Bible says to avoid even the appearance right. of evil. Of evil. So think about alcohol. What does it look like? When you imagine alcohol, when you try to market alcohol, what is that image? 
it's drunkenness, it's parties, it's dancing, it's half naked women, it's, you know, making you loose and easy. It's all of those things. What is the image? What does it put forth? Um, When you go to the liquor store and it says, get your spirits here, (laughs) you know. I love that spirits. Oh, no, I got ones to call the Holy Ghost, my brother. I don't need nothing else but just the Holy (laughs) Ghost, okay? Which we may cover that verse, but it tells you in the New Testament, instead of drinking the alcohol, instead you should be pursuing the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Because in the Old Testament, there were times where they sought the, the wine to make the heart merry. But in the New Testament, it says, don't do that because you may fall into excess, which will be a sin, mm-hmm. which is drunkenness. Mm-hmm. Instead, make the Holy Spirit your source. Now we have free access to the Holy Spirit. He is our joy. He's the comforter. Mm -hmm. So at this point, if you're still relying on those old things, then you're actually telling the comforter that he's not sufficient. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use these other spirits. Mm -hmm. That's That's good. good. Only one spirit that's worth it, not alcohol, but the Holy Ghost. That's right. Uh, Now, I want to talk about this. Most people don't realize. So obviously, the Bible is not written in English. This is an ancient book. Okay, with multiple books within within it, the word itself, the English word wine is not always intended to be translated to, quote, fermented alcoholic wine. Right. Uh, there are 19, 19, not one, two, three, but 19 Greek and Hebrew combined words that translate to the English word wine. So, so just an ex- example, there's Hebrew words and Greek words that imply jelly. Right. I don't know about y'all, but grape jelly at McDonald's, or whatever biscuits. If it's if it's a biscuit, it's grape jelly. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I love grape jelly. Okay, and that is literally what it is: grape right. wine, right? Right, or fermented or grape juice Welches. But sometimes the Bible's literally talking about jelly, right? Yeah. The kind that you would get in the drive-through to put in your biscuit. Sure. Basically, any fruit of the vine in any of its forms or stages was translated right. in the English to wine. Right. right. But if it, it involved the grapes, it was the word wine. But in the Greek and Hebrew, they broke it down to all the different specific types. Yeah. 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 We lose a lot of that in the you, translation. So it's it's key to know the context. Right. Right. That's why sometimes the Bible talks about new wine and old wine. It's talking about grape juice or wine that has, you know, ferment. Has expired. Right. right which would be right. fermented. Yeah. So here's a fun fact, right? When we talked about the prohibitions of wine, we can actually go there and it specifies specific authoritative positions where someone might be a pauper, someone might be a king. Let's talk about the positions that the Bible talks about or prohibi- uh, there was a prohibition on drinking alcoholic fermented wine. That would be one, kings and priests, Proverbs 31, four through five. Number two, Nazarites. That's number six, one through four. Number three, priests, book of Leviticus, chapter 10, verses eight through 11. And number four, in the New Testament, we are called kings and priests. According to Revelations 1, 5 through 6, it tells us now because we are kings and priests, we have been positioned right. through Christ in those things. So in the Old Testament, which is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament, right. which is the New Testament revealed, in the Old Testament, they said, hey, if you're a king or a priest, can't have it. Right. 
New Testament, guess what? You're all kings and priests. We're all kings and priests. So guess what that translates? We do not need to drink alcoholic wine. Right. And in the Old Testament, it said the reason the priests were not to drink it is because it was their job to show the people the difference between the holy and the unholy, implying that the alcohol was unholy. Right. Right. And that it's your job to show them the difference between these things. Mm -hmm. And if we're kings and we're priests, then the prohibition must apply to us in the New Testament. Right, right. That's an excellent point because that specific verse was actually defining what was holy and what was not, specifically listing drinking alcohol. Right. That's the, that is one of the most powerful examples in the Old Testament that really pushed a, a good-hearted Christian away from the practice of drinking. Right. And the kings were prohibited from drinking it because it said it would impair their judgment in relaying the judgments to the people. And right. as us, we're kings in the kingdom of God, and we relay God's judgments. Right. So if it was not good for earthly kings to mm-hmm. use because it would inhibit their judgment, how much more for those that represent God's heavenly kingdom right. that we might repre- misrepresent his, his judgments? What a serious thing. The Bible says we're going to give an account for every idle word we speak why would you take something that could cause you to misrepresent and have to give an account before god especially too because we're supposed to be a representation of god to two people who are that's the same way with the kings and the priests back then they were to be a representation of god to the people Mm -hmm. so if they're drunk carrying on unsober they're implying to the people that god is that way and that's not the case yeah as christians we are christ-like we did be examples of the great high priest who is what Christ, right, and he is our great high priest. Let's talk about the slippery slope. Many people's lives have been actually destroyed by giving in to quote just a little won't hurt. Most cases, each drink leads to another drink. Okay, and that and, and that somebody said, well, that's food too. I mean, you can eat too much. That well, you're right. That's yeah. called gluttony. Okay, right. it's a sin. Uh, the sin of excess. This is be not drunk with one, which is in excess. Right. Yeah. But it's destroyed many lives. And and if we're talking about oh, okay, path, it's not a big deal. I'll just have one. That's the issue. The devil's always going to give us in the smallest amounts. Now, if you try to get point out, oh, well, about you can be gluttonous if you have too too many plates of food, right? Or if we sleep too much, what's that called? Laziness. That's also a sin. Right. We get that. But the food and the sleep is nothing, nothing, ladies and gentlemen, compared to what alcohol can do to you. Right. Let's and it's still it. a sin. It is. Yeah. So how much more can you can you justify the alcohol? And let me so in summary, let's talk about this. So if we know the Bible says if you're a king, you're a priest, you're a Nazarite, you cannot consume alcohol in any form. So watch this. If you're not a priest, a king, prince, a pastor, any position of authority in the church, number two, no one is around you to stumble seeing your example. Number three, God has never told you no. And you know that drunkenness is a sin. Now watch this. Then finally ask yourself, exactly how far can you one go in sips in order to maintain sobriety and not, quote, fall into sin? Which sip will make you slip? Right. So if we're going to go that technical and say, well, pastor, based on everything you tell me, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a priest. I'm not these things. God never told me no when I'm by myself. Then you know drunkenness is a sin. So what if number seven is drunkenness? Number Do you know that? Right. So we can go up to number six, but not seven. You don't know that. So you are rolling dice with Satan, with sin. Right. You're rolling dice because you don't know if the tenth sip is, is actually sin. Right. So the fact is, there is a gray area there, according to which is absolutely insane to think that there's any other reason. So if you happen to be that 0.01% person that can land in that chair, right. you still don't know at which sip 
you would be falling into sin. Exactly. So our point is, it's not the question of, is it wrong? The question is, is it worth it? Right. That's what a Christian has to ask themselves. We're always trying to find the things in our lives that we can get away with when really we should be finding the things in our lives that we get closer to God. Right. And the things that start to bring you away from him. And the truth of the matter is this. If you're not a priest and you're not a king, then you're not saved. And then this message isn't for you anyway, because it it says through the blood of Jesus, mm -hmm. we have all been been made made kings kings and and priests. priests. Right. So you are a priest. You are a king. Everybody represents the kingdom. That's right. If they're part of the king's family, right, then it, you have to represent rightly. So that's an excellent point. So if you really want to take it there, the Bible and the New Testament, through Jesus's blood, has redeemed us as kings and priests. So therefore, based on Old Testament and New Testament, I hate to say it, but there, there's a prohibition. There's a prohibition. Yeah, and 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 the dangers of it are just huge. I know a girl personally that. You know, she was on fire for God. She was in ministry with us. She was, this was in my younger day. She was running hard for God. She was on, you know, just doing great things for the kingdom. Uh, She went and visited with this ministry uh, overseas in another country. And over there, they thought it was normal to, uh, to drink wine. So they took all of the people that had came and visit them on a wine tasting expedition because there was a, a vineyard nearby. Um, so she comes back thinking, oh, well, I guess it's okay to drink. So she starts drinking wine at home. Before you knew it, she had slipped back into drinking. She was back in the clubs. She went back into that old lifestyle. She had mm-hmm. a child out of wedlock. She was out of the church. It was such a quick, slippery slope just because somebody made her think that it was okay. And we see this throughout Scripture. There are right. biblical testament uh, testimonies and examples of this. Solomon and Samson, both of them began their downward spirals with uh, drinking alcohol. As soon as they start drinking, they started spiraling downwards and out of control. And when you think about it, I think it's so important that we have these two biblical examples because Samson, by anointing and God's own admission, was the strongest man that ever lived. Mm. And Solomon, by anointing and God's own admission, was the wisest man that ever lived. If the strongest and the wisest man could not handle it, don't listen to the pride and the lies of the devil that's telling you that you can. Come on now, because Lord knows we ain't the smartest, (laughs) and nor are we the strongest, okay? No, not at all. That's just an excellent point. So let's say it this way, too. And something does not have to be an 11th commandment to know that it's just not a good idea. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Oh, I heard people say amen on YouTube. Hallelujah. That's <laughs> awesome. So, yes, God, through his word, gives us strict morality standards that are corporate and individual. But either way, in the end, drinking alcohol based on the fruit has never been a great idea for Christians. Wine tasting. Yep. Oh, that was good. Let's try another one. Right. How many sips you tasted, right? <laughs> Remember that example of how many sips does it take? No, how many licks does it take to get the sin of the tooth about, right? Yeah. If drunkenness is a sin, indefinitely, I don't care who you are. Drunkenness is a sin. Right. How many sips does it take to fall into the category of drunkenness? Put away wine wherein there is the sin of excess and instead... Pursue the Holy Spirit. Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, is out right. seeking whom he may devour. That's exactly right. awesome, and, that's what and, we're going to next. And the oh. passage actually almost implies a 
either or. Right. But you can't actually do both. So it says, put away the wine and instead pursue the Holy Spirit. That's Amen. Right. So let's touch on those verses. Yeah, some scriptures of consideration here. And actually, you you read the first one just Jacob, by memory. I have to apologize. Let, I, you know me now at this point. I'm just going to go right to the credits. You always do. Here's the punchline. Right. It's like that poster movie, uh, the movie with uh, the, the dog. Someone spray painted the dog dies on the outside of the movie theater. So you go, up. You know, so right. totally doing that. For right. You. So the, the scripture he quoted was first uh, Peter five, eight. It's be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Mm. The next one's from Proverbs 20, verse one. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging. And whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Proverbs 23, 31 through 35. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red. When it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright, at the last it biteth like a serpent and sting mm. like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, mm. thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of a sea, and as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, shalt thou say, I was not sick, they have beaten me. And I felt it not. When shall I awake? Yet will I seek it yet again. That I mean, if that doesn't describe somebody who had a lot to drink that mm-hmm. night before and woke up next to a really ugly woman, that's that potentially happens. Yeah, that's what and, it says. It's be, thine eyes behold strange women, and yep. you pervert, uh, utter perverse things. I know when I was running from God, the more I drank, the more I'd cuss. I didn't even like to cuss, even when right. I was running from God. But when I drank, guess what? I was a cussing like a sailor. I was right. all over the place. And it talks about the the world spinning, basically. it's you're The the ceiling spins because that, you're so there drunk. There you go. Right. And waking up, beaten up. Yeah. He got and beat up and why. didn't even, yeah. Right. Well, giving up your judgment is a huge issue when it comes to drinking. You know? well, exactly. The problem with these substances is you're actually forfeiting your will. Yeah. And your whole salvation depends upon you choosing to surrender your will to God. Mm. And if you surrender it to anything else, that's a very dangerous place to yeah. be. Well, let me say this. I can hear the naysayers still pointing up. These, I'm not talking about getting drunk, Pastor Daniel. Just have a little bit. Well, let me nip that one in the bud. As my dad always liked to say, ladies and gentlemen, my dad always says, let's nip it in the bud. Okay. Here's nipping it in the bud. I said the same thing. But every time I drank, I'll have one more. I'll just, just one more. Okay. Just this time. I mean, just one more. How much is too much? How much is too much? Right. You know? So, so anyone, especially from my own experience, when I would say, well, I can drink, but I can't get drunk. Right. I would always end up getting drunk <laughs> because it, by nature, because by nature it impairs your judgment. That's right. why kings are not supposed mm-hmm. to take part so in you're, it. Exactly. You've you've began the slippery slope of impairing your judgment to make a good judgment that says you should stop drinking right now before so it impairs my another, judgment. A bottle, you'll pop another bottle and another. Exactly, you know? exactly. So it's just not worth it. That's no. the main thing. But we only got a few more here. Uh, Hosea four eleven, whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. Yeah, I mean, some of, the, some of these things are very to and, the point. And every time I read that, I, I it breaks my heart because I see the families that's ministers that we've had to counsel, the crying mm-hmm. children, the broken wives that have come in with, you know, alcohol abuse mm-hmm. or, or broken marriages or, or you know, broken children because right, of right. how it takes. And that I always think about that, how it takes away the heart. Like you don't understand the damage you're causing to people yep. around you 
while you're mm-hmm. under the influence of those things. Oh, and I watched a, a video, a doctor uh, brought this up about some of the studies that, that were refuted about the wine is good for, for your heart. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the grape juice that was good for your heart. The doctor, he's not even a Christian, and he was saying, you're drinking poison. You're literally drinking Germex, yeah. hand sanitizer practically, and that that's poison to your body. Right. So if you're trying to, okay, here's my justification, Pastor. It's good for the heart, the Bible says. It but was, it's destroying it's the, your liver. Divine. Go get some Welch's. <laughs> I love Welch's grape juice. I, 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 I'm terrible from grape juice. Yeah. You but can, that's what's good for the heart is my point. Okay, you can, if you want to use the argument about my heart, great. You need to gre- eat grapes. Yeah. But wine is not helpful. In no. fact, if you drink a glass of wine every day, that doctor specifically says you are actually doing more damage to your body and your liver oh, than yeah. it would be if you eat grapes or drink grape juice. So I'm not going to tell you, I told you so, but I told you so. Uh, Brand new report from the Canadian Center on Substance Use and Addiction. No amount of alcohol is safe. And the American Cancer Society came out against any alcohol because it increases the risk of seven different kinds of cancer. Plus, alcohol is poison. It's a toxin. You're drinking a disinfectant. And why would you do that if you love yourself? There's another study from Spain. Any amount of alcohol decreases white matter health in your brain. What's the white matter? It's the highways. It's the tracks. It's uh, the communication uh parts of your brain and it's just critical to keep your brain healthy. I know I'm a bummer. I hate that. But if you have a better brain, you're going to have a better life. Our last one that we have is 1 Corinthians 8, 9, 11 through 12. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to them that are weak. Right. That's one of the things we talked about earlier. The liberty that's saying, even if it is okay, it's not, it's something might be lawful, but it's not expedient. Exactly. Verse 11 through 12 now says, and through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's pretty ex- self-explanatory there. Right. And yep. then you remember the scripture where he said it would be better for you to tie a millstone around your neck and cast yourself in the sea. someone to stumble. Then, and it's talking about those who children. are- children. Well, yeah. it's, it's talking about, that scripture is actually talking about those that are young in the faith. faith exactly. So if you, if you cause someone young in the faith to think it's okay to do something, that would cause them to fall into sin and stumble. Well, yeah. It's I mean, serious. I mean, think about it. Say an alcoholic comes to your church, they get born again and saved, delivered of alcoholism, and they see you drinking. Well, there's a bend already because right. of their past experience that God had delivered them from to, as the dog returneth to its vomit, right? right. So a so to its whatever. A sow to its wallow. A sow to its wallow, right? Pig, thank, yeah. thank you, Jacob. It salvaged it. But that being the case, we don't want to give opportunity for the devil to cause someone to stumble. And he always comes as an angel of light. It's not a wrong, it's okay. Have just a glass of wine. 
Well, and the fact that it impairs your judgment makes them able to stumble in so many areas, not just falling into, okay, well, maybe the problem's not alcoholism, but maybe their problem was pornography or there adultery or something like that yep. or, or any other addiction. Yep. Right. And now they take, they think it's okay to do something that impairs their judgment and makes them spiritually weak. Right. So then they're more tempted and they easily fall back into those sins and then they're in condemnation. And it's, it's an open door that's not necessary. Yeah. Don't open it. Just leave exactly. it shut. Yeah, is it wrong to have two eyes? No, no of course not. But Je- but Jesus did did literally say, take pluck one eye out if it causes you to stumble. Get rid of it. Right. I mean, sure, you might say, well, that pastor, that's metaphorical. Well, no, his point was serious. He was using those as a right. very serious point that is better to be maimed yeah. than to fall to into heaven. sin. Yeah. You know, so talking about uh, what was the other one? The hand. Of course, it's not God gave us two hands, but cut off the one. The, the point is something causing you to stumble. Get it out of your life. Right. Back to the main point. It's not a question of is it OK to drink alcohol? The question is, is it expedient? Right. Is it smart? Is it something that Christians should be doing? And I exactly. think knowing all of the danger and all of the downfalls and pitfalls of it, if you're still in your heart trying to justify it, then that might tell you that there's a problem. Right. Anytime it's hard to let something go, then you should probably fast it and seek the Lord on it because it's got right. a hold on you. You don't have a hold on it. Exactly. That's exactly right. Praise the Lord. Amen. We want to be sober and vigilant. And the easiest way to be sober is not to have any alcohol in That's any it. amount. That's right. So praise God. That was a good discussion. Very good. Sweetheart, thank you for coming back. Definitely. To your. <laughs> Anytime. Yeah, praise God. <laughs> Remember, brothers and sisters, the word of God will stand forever according to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8, as well as 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 25. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe and click that bell for notifications. Or if you are listening on a podcast platform, we would ask for you to follow our channel. We appreciate that very much. If you have any questions or topic suggestions, you can either comment below or email us at info at heartofworshipchurch.com. Join us on our next episode as we discuss the topic of creation versus evolution as we navigate truth in a world of opinions. This has been Daniel Wright and Jacob Leger. See you later, guys. And my beautiful wife, Miranda Wright. Bye. Workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See you next time and Godspeed. Thank you for joining us this episode. For more information on our ministry or to contact us, please visit heartofworshipchurch.com.